This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Quitting cigarettes is a smart thing to do, but it isn't easy. We've got helpful advice from a treatment specialist who says the best thing is not to start smoking in the first place. We have a lot of adolescents that are picking up this e-cigarette and vaping, which then could lead them to the next step, regular cigarettes. Then, getting along with others, especially those from very different backgrounds, can be challenging. An executive explains some ways to overcome bias. This is not about people's moral failings as human beings. It's about our brain wiring to have people that we easily get along with and others that we need to work a little bit harder to figure out and understand because they may be different from us. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's Info Trek. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Fifty years ago, over 40% of American adults smoke cigarettes, and today it's less than 20% of Americans smoking. Research shows most of those folks would like to quit. Our next guest is a tobacco treatment specialist who can help you or a loved one kick the habit. Carol Ricard, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, you're the author of The Benefits of Smoking, Why It's So Hard to Quit, and What You Can Do About It. Why is it so hard to quit smoking? Well, it's so hard to quit smoking because of this simple little compound called nicotine. Nicotine, they say, is almost as powerful as heroin when it comes to the effects it has on the reward center in our brain. And the way I kind of explain it to people is if the cookie monster... You wouldn't expect it to not want to have any cookies. Well, people kind of have these little nicotine monsters that live in their brain and say, feed me, feed me, feed me. Now, in terms of the percentage of people who are actually successful at quitting, it's not a very high number, is it? Well, the number where people try just flat out cold turkey all on their self, that number the Centers for Disease Control says is down between 4 and 7% success rate. And what's great about it is there's a lot of research that shows what can help and what can be helpful. And when we kind of combine those things together, the numbers for success get higher than that. But quitting smoking has been recognized as like a chronic disease where people will have periods where they might do really well, but then kind of end up a relapse and then back doing well again. And the goal is stretching out those periods of doing really well. The title of your book is The Benefits of Smoking. It seems sort of counterintuitive because most people would think there are no benefits to smoking, but there are indeed, right? Yes, there are. I had worked in hospital settings for 25 years, and I was frustrated because I couldn't help my patients stop smoking. That seemed to be the one thing that I couldn't work on. So when I went to this training, I was just floored. But it taught me that what I knew, I knew about two benefits. So the two benefits that I've learned over 25 years was, one, if you ask somebody, they'll say their smoking helps them decrease their stress. So they kind of use it as one of their primary coping tools. The other thing they've told me is that, Carol, it's my always there for me best friend. If I'm angry, we can go have a conversation. But what I learned, the third benefit is that it smoking keeps smokers that are dependent from going through withdrawal. And that withdrawal starts within two hours of their last puff of nicotine. So that explains why people will wake up in the morning and first thing light up a cigarette. 
Absolutely. In fact, the quicker somebody will light up in the morning is really a good indicator just how much more dependent on the nicotine their bodies are. We're talking on InfoTrack with Carol Ricard, a tobacco treatment specialist and author of The Benefits of Smoking, Why It's So Hard to Quit, and What You Can Do About It. So what can someone do if they decide they want to quit smoking? Well, the really first important step is to reach out to whatever state you might be living in to your quit line because there's some great resources around the country and counselors that can actually work with people to kind of work from point A to point B. If you don't have access to that for some reason, the really important part is to set a quit date. And that is kind of plan ahead, look forward and set that date and then create an environment that's supporting that. So it means get rid of all the ashtrays and the cigarettes and all those little triggers that would be floating around your house. And then the next important thing is make sure that you're using enough nicotine replacement therapy. So that would be the gum and the patches or the little lozenges that they've now come up with as well. So your body's getting the nicotine so it doesn't go through the withdrawal, but you're also not having to smoke in order to get the nicotine. We also hear about vaping and using these e-cigarettes, I guess they're called. Is that helpful and is that also, is that harmful? You know what? The jury's out because nobody knows. Where we were 50 years ago with cigarettes is really where we are now with e-cigarettes. And that is there's nobody overseeing them. There is no regulations. Although the Food and Drug Administration, they're going to be monitoring that. So the scariest part right now is that there's no safety guarantees when it comes to e-cigarettes. You do not know what you're getting. And, you know, if you've heard the stories about it blowing up, there's nobody making sure that it's safe. For us. Now, you mentioned vaping, which is a little bit different than, say, the e-cigarette. I actually have a, a colleague who just shared with me a story that her mom had been physically really, really ill and they, you know, ended up in the hospital and, in fact, an intensive care unit. And the hospital staff came to this woman and asked her, where did her mom get the radiator fluid that she was trying to kill herself with? Well, lo and behold, her son is a vapor. And the radiator fluid that his grandmother ended up with in her blood work came from his vaping. Oh, man. And the Food and Drug Administration, every now and then they've kind of done a study sample. And I have read on their website that they found actually radiator fluid or that substance in some of the e-cigarettes and materials. Carol, it seems like there's probably no end to the patients that you would deal with with this. Are people still starting smoking? Is this still a prevalent thing, or is the adoption rate kind of dropped off? Oh, no. You know what? I'm very relieved to say that less Americans smoke now. I want to say combined, it's down around 16 17% maybe. But what's really alarming, Chris, is that... We have a lot of adolescents and youth that are picking up this e-cigarette and this vaping. And really the concern is that that is escalating, which then could lead them to the next step, which would really be the regular cigarettes. In terms of different types of cigarettes, you know, filter, unfiltered cigarettes, is there any difference in the safety? Are they all equally harmful? They're all equally harmful. In fact, even if you're smoking, I used to think my sister's natural tobacco cigarettes were actually a healthy alternative for her. And it turns out that it's the burning process. So whether it's natural tobacco, cigars, marijuana, cigarettes, 
that burning process is what starts that process of all those chemicals, too, and those compounds. How do you prevent someone from falling back? Is that even possible? I mean, if they're maybe in the company of another smoker, they might bum a cigarette and then they're off again with the habit. Yeah, there is no one-size-fits-all, Chris. I mean, you can have somebody who says, oh, I can smoke one cigarette here every now and then. And then I've met people who, in fact, a really close friend of mine, he stopped 25 years ago when they scraped his vocal cords and told him they could only do that one time. But he said that he has to get up and leave a room if somebody around him has lit up a cigarette. And he knows if he picks up that one, then he's off to the races all over again. Some people can, some people can't. I think the most important part is helping people figure out, and that's where a quit line will actually do that. What's going to serve them? What's going to work best for them? Because there is no one size fits all. In your opinion, has it been helpful that there is no more tobacco advertising in the U.S.? I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah, I think that has. And there's still a lot of advertising that goes on, and there's still a lot behind the scenes, particularly when it comes to the games and the rewards and some of this stuff. And there's this shift over to what they call snuff. So instead of it being tobacco products that you smoke, well, they've now kind of come up with ways of repackaging that same tobacco, which in itself has some inherently dangerous compounds. So whether I'm sticking it in my tongue and chewing it or just letting it sit there, it ends up kind of leading me down the same road, which is is really the road towards danger around our health issues. Well, if you're a smoker and uh, you're about ready to quit, you should definitely check out Carol's book, The Benefits of Smoking, Why It's So Hard to Quit and What You Can Do About It. Carol Ricard, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Chris. Next, everyone is biased to some degree. An expert shares tips on getting along better with others. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.